Welcome to Neutral Site. We are your college football podcast, and we're here to help you outwit those tailgate trash talkers you'll be debating Saturday mornings all fall. More than just scores and schedules, we do that by bringing you the overlooked stories and underused data across the best sport in the world. And today, you, me, and the rest of Neutral Site Nation will be riding solo as Houston and his wife head to the wonderful land of Creole cuisine, jazz, and that powdery piece of heaven they call beignets. That's right, New Orleans. Now, I know what you're thinking. No hot take Houston means no hot take. But it is still going to be a good show today as we cover a preview of week five of college football. Before moving into some overlooked stories around Derek King's registered situation, which on its own may not seem overlooked, but there's more to it, we're going to take another look at non-conference matchups, which always gets us excited. And then we're going to touch on how Mike Gundy's mullet strikes back against journalism. Now, while this will be an exciting show, the week ahead of college football may not look all that exciting on its own, but that's okay. Still some good matchups. So the first one we want to start with is Virginia at Notre Dame. Number 18, Virginia at number 10, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored by 12 and a half. And ESPN FBI has them at an 89.6% chance of winning. Now, UVA sits at 4-0, sitting comfortably atop the ACC Coastal Division, and comes in giving up only 18 points a game, which is tied with Notre Dame, and good enough for 28th in the nation. They're also only giving up 263.8 yards per game, which is 14th in the nation, but they only kind of go on to score about a so-so 33.5 points a game and 370 yards a game, which is not good enough, being only at 41st and 95th. Now, while their wins over Pittsburgh and Florida State earlier in the year aren't anything to laugh at, they're also not necessarily awe-inspiring with the way particularly Florida State has played. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is coming in after a tough, close loss to Georgia between the hedges, and they're looking to quickly recover with Brian Kelly quickly moving on from the game to focus on UVA, and that was clear in a lot of his post-game press conferences. Now, unfortunately for UVA, where Notre Dame struggles, giving up 208 rushing yards a game, which ranks them at 111th in the nation, Virginia might not be ready to take advantage of, ranking only 95th in the nation themselves with 133.5 rushing yards a game. This will be a tough game for UVA to pull out on the road, but it's also their best opportunity to really make a statement with a what would be a huge upset of Notre Dame on the road, and that would give them the opportunity to stake their claim as a true threat to Clemson's ACC dominance. If I'm honest, though, I wouldn't get my hopes up if I was a Cavalier. Now, a team that's also maybe struggling with a little bit of hope, USC ranked 21st, coming into Washington ranking 17th. Now, both these teams are maybe down for a couple different reasons, but Washington is sitting here favored at 10.5 points, and ESPN FPI gives them a 71.8% chance of winning. Now, Houston still was willing to give us a hot take ahead of the show, and he said he was surprised by the line and thought he would see it come down. Now, it was actually sitting at 9.5 when he said it, so the line has actually expanded. Driving reason for this is the primary reason USC fans are a little bit down, and it is after the loss of JT Daniels last week against Utah, which they still came out with a win. Matt Fink, their third-string QB, will be starting but it's not too much to be down about as Fink came in last week against Utah and performed 
quite heroically, going 21 for 30 for 351 yards, three touchdowns, and only one interception. And his performance was good enough to rank him ninth in last week's total QBR rankings for college quarterbacks. Now, Matt Fink, again, is a great story. He's the junior who, during the offseason, when it when JT Daniels passed him on the depth chart, he was initially thinking about transferring, decided to stay, and USC fans, I'm sure, are glad he did. Now, on the other side of the ball, Washington will also be without a player, without junior running back Salvin Ahmed, but similarly, they'll also find comfort in their backup, Sean McGraw, who is averaging 6.2 yards per carry. Add in Jacob Eason's play at quarterback, which outside of a rough game against Cal in Week 2, he's played at a pretty high level, currently ranking 15th in the total QBR rankings for the season. Now, USC on the road needs this win to really solidify their spot atop the conference. Meanwhile, Washington is looking to right the ship after they lost to Cal in their first Pac-12 game. And even though they went ahead and won against Hawaii and BYU, they are 0-1 in the conference and need to get hot quick. Similarly, based on the line and the situation of the teams coming in, I imagine Washington's going to be fired up that night and should be able to walk away in a much stronger position than they started. Now, while this week's games may not seem the most exciting, like cold pizza, even okay college football is still awesome. And so if you were looking for seats this weekend to go to one of the games, the best place to find those seats are at Vivid Seats. Head over to their mobile app, use our promo code OVERTIME to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. Now, this is for first-time customers only. Again, you can head over to the mobile app for Vivid Seats. Use the promo code OVERTIME, one word, to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. And go enjoy some games. Now, if you're not going to be going to a game and you're just going to be watching them at home, there are a number of other games you may want to be checking out. Houston will be playing at UNT. And what makes this game interesting is obviously Derek King's news that we'll be touching on a little bit later, to redshirt this far into the season as a junior. Now, the line didn't even come on, come up on Monday as they were trying to make sense of this news. But now the line has UNT by 7.5, and, and the ESPN FBI has them at 55.2% chance of winning. Beyond Derek King's redshirting, he's also joined by his teammate and senior wide receiver Keith Corbin as another late season red shirt and both these teams rank middle of the pack and most stats except Houston has a odd random stat of being number one in the nation in opponent penalty yards per game so if UNT keeps their penalty penalty yards down it's hard to see them not walking away with a win at home and as you know we here at neutral site have a soft spot in our heart for UNT I'll be rooting for them again this weekend Now, if you're looking to head into the weekend with a little bit of energy, tonight, Thursday night game, Memphis at Navy. Memphis is favored by 10.5, and ESPN FPI gives them an 80.5% chance of winning. What makes this game interesting, beyond that strong of a line with a team on the road, these are two of the three undefeated American Athletic Conference West Division teams, SMU being the other. So this is a big matchup for these conference and division opponents. 
These are two of the top defenses in the nation going up against each other based on opponent-adjusted rankings. So just some stats to kind of give you an example of that. Memphis is ranked number three in the nation at opponent points per game, number two in yards, number four in opponent points per play, and number four opponent yards per play. They also rank seventh in third down conversion defense. On the other side of the ball, Navy is ranked fifth in opponent points per game, third in opponent's yards per games, 11th in points per play, 13th in opponent yards, and second in third down conversion. Now, again, this is opponent adjusted, but two so far statistically strong defenses coming in, including Navy's 12th ranked scoring offense. Could be a more entertaining game than the line suggests. Another important conference game out in the Mountain West, Hawaii at Nevada. Nevada favored by only two and a half, and Hawaii favored by the ESPN FPI at a 60.1% chance. Now, Hawaii sees itself largely as a passing team with Cole McDonald passing 63% of their plays, which is fourth overall most frequent passing team, but they really only rank in the middle of the pack in completion percentage and passing yards. Meanwhile, Nevada ranks third in the nation in creating turnovers and ninth in opponent interception thrown percentage of pass attempts, which essentially means of all the pass attempts, Nevada has successfully created a turnover in 4.8% of the time against them. So that will be the key battle to watch, and if Nevada can take advantage of McDonald's interception struggles, Nevada should be able to walk away with a win. Also exciting to see Nevada's freshman kicker, Brandon Talton, who earlier in the year, in the start of the season, with his game-winning kick against Purdue, received a scholarship after the game. He is currently 9-for-9 on field goals and leading the Mountain West Conference in points overall. So awesome to see him continuing on in his success for Nevada. That is a probably underrated game to keep an eye on, especially with the way the weekend is. Last week, we touched a lot on all that's going on in the Pac-12 and trying to make sense of it. And earlier, we touched on USC at Washington being a key game in that. Another key matchup that should help us understand a lot more about the conference afterwards is Washington State at Utah. Now, Utah is favored by five and a half, which is a point lower than it was on Monday, and ESPN FPI favors them at 64.1%. Now, Utah is coming in after a tough loss to USC, and not just that, not just the loss on the field, but the loss of their starting running back, Zach Moss, who is doubtful going into this game. Now, he is a leading running back in the nation, being ranked 18th in rushing yards, which includes the fact that he missed the whole second half of the USC game. And considering that Utah rushes 66.7% of their plays, eighth most in the nation, this is a significant loss. Now, they have experience in junior Devontae Henry Cole, but they've leaned more in the season on their talented freshman and former four-star recruit Jordan Wilmore and sophomore Devin Brumfield. It'll be interesting to see which of those three running backs they lean on, probably a running back by committee, to give themselves a shot against Washington State, who meanwhile, in typical Mike Leach fashion, is leading the nation in pass play percentage choosing to pass 73% of the time. And they are top five in scoring and yards in game and coming off a tough loss against UCLA 67-63, which saw their defense give up a 
ridiculous amount of points in a ridiculous short amount of time. Now, Utah will most assuredly win the time of possession game, which could be key to winning the game, unless Washington State continues to just score, 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 score. That's not the only Pac-12 action going on that'll give us a little bit more insight into how the league shapes up as Arizona State visits number 15-ranked California. This is a Friday night game, so you got a good Thursday night game, you got a Friday night game, plenty to get you going into the weekend. Now, Cal is favored by 4.5 with a 60.6% chance of winning per the ESPN FPI. Now, Cal sits as the lone undefeated team in the Pac-12 and comes into this game after a big win at Ole Miss last week. I'm sure they are excited. Meanwhile, Arizona State's probably down after a disappointing loss to a bad Colorado team at home, no less, which ended their short visit to the top 25. Now, these teams come in very similar in scoring. Arizona State sitting at 22.5 points per game and Cal sitting at 24.5 points a game and similar in yards at 380 yards for Arizona State and 371 yards for Cal. Similarly, on the yards allowed side, Arizona State gives up 346 yards a game, Cal at 367. Now, this game carries strong implications for the conference as a whole as a Cal win just further separates them from much of the pack depending on how the weekend goes. Speaking of surprising teams, Kansas State ranked 24th in the nation is going to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is favored minus four and a half ESPN FPI at 57.9% chance. Now going into Boone Pickens Stadium is always a difficult place to play. And it'll be interesting to see whether Skylar Thompson and Kansas State can maintain their early season momentum. But the line in the ESPN FPI seem to suggest that Kansas State may be for real. Now, these teams come in as two of the highest scoring teams in the nation. Not something you can usually say about Kansas State. Scoring 44 points per game, which is 14th in the nation. And Oklahoma State scoring 44.5 points per game, 12th in the nation. Meanwhile, Okie State has struggled some on defense. K-State is coming in ranked 9th in yards allowed at 256 per game, 13th in scoring at 12.7, and 26th in turnovers with 2 per game, which going up against a Oklahoma State freshman quarterback Spencer Sanders is a good opportunity for them to create some chaos, get some turnovers. If Skylar Thompson can continue his consistency, Kansas State may be able to steal a win on the road and significantly boost their outlook for the season. Again, maybe not the most exciting looking weekend ahead, but still some good games and some important games as we think about the Pac-12 and certain individual team seasons such as Virginia, Notre Dame, and Kansas State. For each of them, these are important wins to get. And it'll be interesting to see if they can actually do that. Now again, here at Neutral Site, we're not just about scores and schedules. As much as we love them, as much as they're important, we love looking for the overlooked stories. And coming into this weekend, there's one big story in particular. And this is Houston's quarterback, Derek King, deciding to redshirt this part and this point of the season. 
Now, Houston is having a rough season under Daniel Holgerson. It's a rough first year, but it's still shocking to see this happen. Again, this is a newer rule that was implemented by the NCAA in the past couple years about allowing it. Coaches were almost overwhelmingly in favor, but it's always interesting to see how these things evolve over time. And what makes this situation particularly interesting and takes this story from being a major story to an overlooked story is that King's teammate, wide receiver Keith Corbin, a senior who caught 12 passes for 700 yards and 10 touchdowns last year and already has four catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns this year, also is electing to redshirt for the remainder of the year. Now, it's interesting because the timing does make sense that he can still redshirt this year and transfer without losing eligibility. And while his father has hinted at, the Derek King's father has hinted at the possibility of him transferring, Derek King is adamantly saying that he came to Houston to stay to Houston. And there may be something to that with the fact that wide receiver Keith Corbin is also redshirting. Maybe, just maybe, it's true that Daner Holgerson is somebody that is a coach that they believe in but they want to give it time to learn the system, understand how to work well together, let the talent of the rest of the team catch up, and then come back stronger next year, set himself up for a good year, possibly making it to the NFL, or very likely at least being able to make an NFL roster and giving himself the best shot of getting drafted. Now, I think most people are skeptical about this possibility of him redshirting but not transferring, and it's very reasonable to be skeptical, but we also have to consider the fact that this red shirt rule is new, and you don't know how these new ideas or these new rules are going to be playing out. Maybe Derek King is actually treading new ground. I wouldn't bet on it, but that is a real possibility, and it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. Now, Houston, again, not being here to be our hot take Houston, did drop me a little hot take. He asked me what I thought the odds were of him staying, and I don't think they're high. Now, while we are more than just scores and schedules here at Neutral Site, we do love future non-conference matchups on the schedule. You've heard us talk about Clemson A&M, Notre Dame, Georgia, Florida State, Boise State. These are all pretty recent. LSU, Texas, and previously USC, Texas. Those are some of the good ones. We're excited by the fact that there is a lot more coming. In the near future, Tennessee at OU, Michigan at Washington in 2020-2021, Oregon at Ohio State, A&M and Miami, Notre Dame and A&M, even UCF is getting in on the action some, adding some new home and homes against Boise State and BYU. Now, it's fair to ask, is this really tough enough home and home series for UCF if they want to earn the respect that they are so desperately seeking? I don't know. If Boise State's back, Maybe, but they really need to be adding some power five home and homes on their schedule. And they may need to do some actually just home and that's it. They may not get the opportunity to bring them back. Going beyond just the non-conference, non-rival matchups, big news in that BYU and Utah will be continuing the Holy War rivalry. That's extremely exciting. They're going to be having four additional games to their current agreement. They'll have a two-year break in 2022 and 2023 so that Utah can arrange their home-and-home with the SEC program, more on that in a second. But then they will play seven times between 2020 and 2028. That story, that's from Reddit College Football Tweet, is where we saw that first. We'll drop that in the show notes as well. 
Now that home and home against the SEC that Utah wanted to focus on in 2022 and 2023 has half of neutral side, very excited as Florida and Utah are the teams that sign the home and home. Houston, in fact, was so excited that he wants to do, he might do a whole nother episode on that. Now I'll leave that to him. Of course, I'll be there for you too, neutral site nation, just to make sure Houston doesn't go too off the rails, but it got Houston all fired up about Florida's home and homes. Also against Texas in 2030, 2031. We'll see if that sticks. Florida against Miami, classic, another similar to the Holy War, good non-conference rivalry game that should continue. Even the big dogs are getting in on this home-and-home action with Alabama signing up against Texas, South Florida, but more importantly, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. Now, some of those are way out there. We hope they'll keep them, but of course, these schedules always change. While this weekend may not be the most exciting weekend, there is a lot of great games ahead for the future of college football. Now, the home-and-home games coming up in the next few years, those are pretty solid. It's unlikely a lot of those will change, but the home-and-homes in the future are a little more than rumors in many respects. Even though it's a contract, there's nothing keeping these teams from descheduling each other. It's not the only good rumors that are going around right now. Now, while we lost... T. Boone Pickens earlier in the year, a man who did a lot for his state, for college football, uh, and for many, many individuals. We are happy to see a little bit of humor, as there's a rumor floating around that T. Boone Pickens left Mike Gundy a $30 gift card in his will to get a haircut. T. Boone Pickens was not a fan of the mullet, which certainly puts him in the minority of the college football world. But when Gundy was asked about this, he didn't find it quite as funny as one reporter had the courage or the stupidity to ask about it. Gundy responded with, don't hurt the real journalism world. It's Jack A's like you that cause problems, okay? They shouldn't even let you call in. Do you want to talk football? We'll talk football. If you want to be out there and talk idiotic social media, then you need to go do something with a college kid. Harsh response by Gundy. The media is not his favorite audience, and I'm sure his relationship with T. Boone Pickens could play a role in this. Either way, it seems little more than a rumor, but it's nice to laugh little after the sad loss of T. Boone's Pickens. Well, that will do it for our show today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our show despite the absence of Hot Take Houston. If you did, we hope you'll subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere that you prefer to listen to your podcast. Don't forget to review and rate us. You can also visit us online at NeutralSitePodcast.com. And importantly, find our show notes at NeutralSitePodcast.com slash show notes. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at NeutralSiteCast and follow us on Instagram at NeutralSite. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the weekend.